0: Every piece of code needs to run somewhere, and there's no magic in in IT. So every line of code that you write is executed on somebody's Mm -hmm. hardware. And um, in the same sense that a cloud is just a fancy term for someone else's computer, it's even more so on on serverless Mm -hmm. technologies. Something is running there, and someone else manages these Mm -hmm. things.
1: Project A podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the Project A podcast. Today I have a, a guest from, from our portfolio. Um, it is Marco Schilde from Comtravo. Welcome at, uh, at the podcast. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> It's awesome um, that we can sit here together um, and speak about one really interesting topic that is somehow emerging um, across the whole tech um, area, um, and that is uh, serverless uh, infrastructure, serverless setups. Um, Before we start um, to talk about that and go into detail, maybe introduce yourself and maybe also give some kind of idea um, what Comtravo is doing um, and and why are you doing it?
0: Mm -hmm. So um, I'm the CTO and co-founder of Comtravo. Comtravo is essentially a travel tech startup. So what we're doing is um, we're developing a software product that is then being used by other companies mm-hmm. in order to simplify and manage their travel processes, for example, mm-hmm. travel spendings. So typical use case is you need to send your salesman to the customer and yeah. how do you book, how do you manage their bookings, mm-hmm. how do you pay for this, um, all of this complexity we're Mm taking off your shoulders and into our product yeah so your major
1: market is something like the office it um, that is normally organizing that for example or is it uh, that i personally can also just book the stuff um, in in the portals uh,
0: that you have well the target group is um there are two target groups one is um the travel of course Mm -hmm. and if you ever worked in a Mid sized company, mm-hmm. 50, 100, 200 mm-hmm. people, you know this pain of not, not mm-hmm. the booking itself. Booking at it, the website is airline so website so easy, simple, yeah. but uh, how much can you spend? Mm-hmm. Where's the company credit card? Mm-hmm. Who do you need to ask for approval? How mm-hmm. do you get reimbursed? Then you have a grumbling head of finance who is uh, screaming at you because mm-hmm. the invoice is looking wrong. Um, or you have a stressed office manager mm-hmm. who is not ready. Um, I've certainly seen this in, in other companies, and yes. this is where um, we really take a lot of uh, load off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And the same is, of course, true for the company stakeholders themselves, so office management, mm-hmm. uh, head of finance. Um, they can offload these processes mm-hmm. to us, and they're certain that the right things are being booked, mm-hmm. okay. With the right invoice, in policy, in budget, and so yeah. on.
1: And especially also aggregated so yes. not uh, getting everything at once, or uh, you get everything at once and not just uh, split into several, uh, many documents, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> how do you achieve that? I mean, what is the approach um, uh,
0: to, to um, give that so provide some mm-hmm. support? Well, of course, the goal is not to train good support people and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <that> make them <laughs> super efficient. Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to do is um, we're trying to envision what would the perfect office manager, secretary, mm-hmm. travel agent be able to do for you, and essentially then take what's in their head, mm-hmm. what, what they know about the industry, and um, putting this in code. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this is um, straightforward engineering, where you um, build supplier connections, mm-hmm. mapping strategies, fulfillment strategies, mm-hmm. and so on. So a lot of this is German tax law, for example, that yeah, you just yeah. need to know and uh, in order to write a proper invoice. But um, we're also investing significantly in uh, data science, mm-hmm. where we also take um, a shot at search and recommendation strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, given this rough request, what is something that mm-hmm. you would be interested in? Yeah. We go so far as uh, we invest in natural language processing, mm-hmm. where we try to process what what you wrote in mm-hmm. an email or whatever, yeah, and yeah. Uh, figure out what would be this, a good solution for you in this mm-hmm. context. Okay, um, so, so given an
1: example, I could actually write an email and say, oh, I would like to fly to Munich, let's say, uh, next Thursday. Um, please book that. Uh, um, planning to start, uh, or to, to go there for one day, um, mm-hmm. and that you would be able to say, okay, it's next uh, next week, actually uh, the specific day, and, and then would may try to book the flight, the earliest
0: flight and latest flight. Yeah. Um, so um, this is how you would typically also interact mm-hmm. in your company. You yeah, that's true. A central office management, yeah, yeah, or it's rare that you have a central travel management. Mm-hmm. This is usually more present in bigger companies, mm-hmm. but in small companies, 50 people, mm-hmm. You have a stressed office manager or HR lady who needs then to take care of this yeah, or yeah. gives you a company credit card. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just do it on your and own. Essentially, this way how you interact with this person, mm-hmm. um, we are taking into our product. Okay. So it's, it's either email where mm-hmm. you write. Um, yeah, yeah, has some good use cases like asynchronous communication. You're sitting mm-hmm. in a meeting, or uh, it just gets taken care yeah. of. Um, and the others of course, online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also have an online product mm-hmm. where just or browser log in yeah, yeah. do your bookings yourself. Okay, great. Um, thanks a lot. Uh,
1: that that uh, definitely helps to, to understand the business much better. Um, what kind of technology is behind? I mean, you mentioned already NLP, um, you mentioned data science, um, but for an online portal, probably you will not uh, build on NLP models only. Um, mm-hmm. so, so what is a tech stack uh, Comtrava is actually running on?
0: Well, in terms of languages and frameworks, mm-hmm. it's standard, mm-hmm. straightforward. Um, so data science works in Python. Mm-hmm. Um, backend team works in TypeScript, mm-hmm. that's running on top of Node. So TypeScript mm-hmm. is, a, is a flavor of JavaScript with types. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, frontend works on Angular framework, yep. also TypeScript. Um, the more interesting aspect is things like architecture and infrastructure, mm-hmm. and how we coordinate this. Um, so in terms of architecture, we We are in a service-oriented architecture, Mm -hmm. that is uh, a service-oriented event-driven architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, This means that we partition our code base into smaller units Mm -hmm. that can then be independently uh, developed by a product engineering team. They just have to care about the interface, Mm -hmm. input-outputs, test cases, what is this thing supposed to do. And then these various services, so Mm -hmm. small, medium, microservices... Mm -hmm whatever, mm-hmm. um, are interacting via events. Mm-hmm. So, if something interesting happens, an event is emitted, mm-hmm. and this can be then consumed by whoever cares. Yeah. Um, yeah the other important principle is uh, that in the infrastructure and architecture, mm-hmm. there are n- no friends and family, so there's not this one <laughs> pet server that uh, is hand Managed by sysadmin. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, an, any events that you can't just retry. So everything you can kill or retry mm-hmm. in the architecture, and, yeah. um, uh, and this of course, only possible. Um, so one thing is you need uh, your infrastructure as code. So mm-hmm. we're heavily investing in in Terraform. Mm-hmm. Um, this essentially allows. The code the application to describe their dependencies their, whatever they need to interact with yeah so for example also part of um, a new feature release is also the the description of what you are what you actually care about so okay your interfaces um, your services if you need a new queue if you need to, if you need to connect something if you need yeah. to if you introduce a new secret somewhere a parameter mm-hmm. This is all part of the code base. Mm -hmm. Is it,
1: sorry to interrupt you, but is it some kind of separate code base or is it, um, I mean, if if I see, let's say other companies that are actually doing, say they have some kind of, let's say, platform repository, Mm -hmm. where all the Terraform and and, and, uh, things are in it. um, And they have some kind of, often seen as of platform team, let's call it that way, um, where, which is actually responsible for providing a proper setup, um, making sure that the stuff is running, and doing, let's say, the, the dev work on, on the platform level. Uh, but what I understood, this is different uh, on yeah. the other side.
0: We actually went with a mono repo mm-hmm. <laughs> for good and for yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So the good part is um, mm-hmm. that everything is connected or you at least able to connect everything. So mm-hmm. everything is essentially one pull request yeah, to, yeah. to your repo mm-hmm. uh, including Terraform code, including mm-hmm. yeah, the actual application code, uh, specs that change mm-hmm. all of this part of one code base. has of course also drawbacks. So you need to have really a good build pipeline good deployment mm-hmm. pipeline. You need to reason about how you actually mm-hmm. develop software. Yeah. You, you can't have a side project somewhere that this uh, sysadmin just takes care Deploys of, somewhere. <laughs> um, you have yeah, to yeah. put everybody in this thinking how to properly mm-hmm. build the software.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and also including infrastructure, because I mean this is um, normally uh, some kind of, not normally, it's always an additional layer. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see relatively often is that people actually say, or developers say, hmm, I'm a developer. I'm not so deep in that infrastructure part, um, so may don't come me with, with something like Terraform. I always say yeah. it's, it's a really good tool, but they say this is too much complexity um, on top of that already complex tasks that I'm doing. Do you have that problem as well? And so, some kind of specific people who mainly deal with the with the infrastructure yeah, setup. Of course, so of, of course. course, you have okay. this uh,
0: <laughs> this alignment with between mm-hmm. developers and technology. So. Mm-hmm. it it blends over so of Mm -hmm. course there are developers who are usually also taking care of Mm -hmm. terraform yeah yeah. of course uh, we have a a dedicated infrastructure team that's Mm -hmm. specifically taking care of the Mm -hmm. terraform and and some other needs Mm -hmm. Um, and of course the big advantage of having one code base is you can refactor things in one go so Mm -hmm. if you introduce new linting rules or new build tools all of this applies Mm -hmm. immediately to everything Mm -hmm. this also makes refactor much easier Mm -hmm. Um, of course in an any living organization you have this stay out of my territory yeah, or yeah, people, yeah. <laughs> people look at you funny yeah yeah okay um but but uh, so currently it's working good for you so i mean yeah. what i understood yeah yeah So there's has a lot of uh, <coughs> disadvantages also but yeah. uh, the advantages Um, Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Great. Um, And then you mentioned one important thing as well, um, that you actually say this is a complete uh, um, Mm -hmm. event-driven setup or architecture. Um, And um, one question that uh, that I'm always, uh, not always, but often hearing is um, how do you achieve some kind of um, transactional consistency uh, in terms of how do you make sure that the transaction really happened? Um, So, how do you use events? Is it more like informing, hey, I have done something here and whoever is interested, uh, yeah. just just listen to that? Or is it something where, say, I actually um, do a transaction wire events, but also make must make sure that, that the transaction actually happened because I may need to roll back um, otherwise, or trigger some kind of other events that say, oh, um, discarded, uh, um, cancel, cancel what happened.
0: Well, of course, uh, between distributed systems, it's. Mm-hmm very hard to achieve transactional consistency. Yeah. But um, it's also not that this needs to be your primary goal because mm-hmm. there are a lot of use cases where you can't achieve it anyway. So mm-hmm. in our case, for example, uh, when there's a flight booking, uh, or so when, when there's a transaction in the system, you have essentially a, a transaction mm-hmm. over a lot of distributed databases. Mm-hmm. So this includes uh, our state, of course, where how we describe things. Yeah. Um, this includes um, like a, an airline flight mm-hmm. database you actually need to book this yeah somewhere with this a foreign system this includes a financial database mm-hmm. where you actually charge mm-hmm. maybe a credit card mm-hmm. and this includes uh, also post purchase things like uh, sending emails sending an invoice mm-hmm. and so on and all of this is part of one workflow one mm-hmm. one transaction mm-hmm. where you need to have very good um, grasp on what can go wrong so yep. you need a Failure handling strategies. You need mm-hmm. to exactly know what is retriable, mm-hmm. what's a fatal state. Um, where do you need to involve a developer? Yeah. Where do you need to involve a travel agent? So, mm-hmm. a, a, a person, a human, <laughs> a, a really, an actual yeah, human yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, that helps you. <laughs> Not
1: saying that the developers are no humans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and I would say, event-driven architecture primarily uh, enforces this thinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like. When you start uh, doing uh, distributed computing, working with threads or yep. different yep. processes, um, so you have all of these possible failure states anyway mm-hmm. that you normally just not think about. Don't think about. Yeah. <coughs> um, and distributing something just makes you way more aware yeah. of what can actually go wrong. And wh- if if you commit to this, so if you send out an email, are you actually very sure that this all, all the other things happened? Mm-hmm. And what happens if? Uh, you then can't save back the success to, to your state. Yeah, yeah, And all these things you need to reason with anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, um,
1: that event-driven architecture that you have, is it something that was planned from the beginning to go in that direction? Um, or was it more that it developed over time? I mean, typically startups start with some kind of monolithic uh, application and then grow further. Uh, how was it in the case of uh, Contravo? Mon- <coughs>
0: A lot of the um, patterns that we mm. have, including event-driven architecture, um, we had from the get-go. So it's mm-hmm. not like we, we started out as a school project and mm-hmm. just tried to see what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two of the four co-founders worked in EdTech before. Mm-hmm. We've seen a couple of things working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often it the challenge was more dumping down something to mm-hmm. a simpler setup. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, for example, in EdTech, in we had uh, things like ZeroMQ, mm-hmm. And it's very hard, or at least very costly, to go to something like SQS. Yeah. When you're on a normal company, you, you just use SQS. Yeah, yeah, and S yeah. S. yeah, You don't need to build something fancy. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah. But That's but
1: the event-driven approach was, was relatively clear from the beginning yeah, to, to go so in that direction. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of services, restful mm-hmm. interfaces, and yeah, yeah. if something happens, they emit. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Then, I mean, the, the topic or the title of the top uh, talk is to talk about serverless as mm-hmm. well. Um, and now I think it, it's getting even more interesting because he said, okay, you have a bunch of services. Um, uh, and, and as far as I know, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, um, they are actually also implemented as serverless, um, as in a serverless setup. So you're using Lambda, AWS Lambda functions um, for, for the communication. Um, and the, the interesting thing is as well, was it something that you planned from the beginning to go with uh, uh, Lambda or did you may start with something like, okay, we had bigger services in, in the very beginning and then just develop in that direction as well? Yeah, this was a happy accident. So okay. by the time
0: <laughs> the company was founded, also mm-hmm. Lambda was fresh out yeah. of the box. Mm-hmm. And back then it was also possible to play around with technology mm-hmm. much quicker because the team yeah. was much smaller, business was much yeah, smaller. Yeah. So we... We played around. It fit a lot of our use cases really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we essentially started out very early on with two runtime environments. Mm-hmm. One's Lambda, and the other is um, we actually run long-running processes in, mm-hmm. in some Docker setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, this is uh, the alternative way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, and uh, But you're also using the TypeScript part um, in Lambda itself. So uh, Or you're writing, mm-hmm. actually, your Lambda function in TypeScript well, you compile it to of course. JavaScript and then and you then deploy it. Uh, of course, sorry, this yeah. was uh, incorrect from my side, yeah, but you're completely right. Yeah. Um, but you actually develop that stuff. Um, the question from, from my side is, um, <coughs> again, uh, if I think of having some kind of relatively complex setup, distributed system, um, and uh, now I come from the developer side and say, and mm-hmm. um, that looks interesting i mean it, it's a fancy setup in terms of technology so also pretty interesting um, how does the developer work with that um, i mean if i think of mm. older stacks or more conservative stacks, let's say um, people tend to spin up the stack or parts of the stack on the local machine using Docker containers vagrant uh, in the earlier times but now it's docker um, how does it work in a
0: in a serverless uh, setup well I mean, of course, we still have parts of the architecture in Docker, in docker mm-hmm. classical way. You can yeah, put yeah. it up locally and that's fine. you can debug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One <More laughs> of my next questions, actually. <laughs> um, Lambda works well if you use it for the this classical use cases where mm-hmm. you have a Lambda function in, in the classical sense, yeah. not in the AWS sense. Um, so a piece of code that is um, relatively independent does something a small part of your workflow really well um, because this you can then mentally mm-hmm. stash away you have a same like as a library mm-hmm. you write okay. a library to do something yeah you yeah. use either something ex- external or something internal mm-hmm. but in the same way you treat lambda functions okay um, example is uh, like writing an email or generating a small report or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So for these small things mm-hmm. that are relatively independent, that are retriable, uh, Lambda is a yeah. perfect use case. Okay. And it even simplifies uh, the developer's life. Yeah. Because, because it simplifies the, the concerns.
1: More receivable? No, you said actually uh, uh, it simplifies mm-hmm. because of, and then I interrupted, unfortunately. Yeah, because it simplifies
0: the, the services. So it, it, Because they are
1: not that complex anymore. Yes. So yeah, yeah. things
0: like... Uh, Now I have to write the customer an email Mm -hmm. that we booked something for him, it's Mm -hmm. taking care of some some Lambda. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other part of the question, how do you develop in this setup, Mm -hmm. is you, I mean, in terms of Lambda, you assume that Lambda equals node. So you have a a well-defined environment. Mm -hmm. I'm aware it's not 100%, but from developer perspective, it's okay to assume that whatever is running on Lambda, you can also emulate by running in in a Docker that has node in it. And you need anyway a good way to to mock your interfaces, your input Mm -hmm. and output of Mm -hmm. of your stack. So in the end, developers need a way to run their tests. Mm -hmm. Jenkins needs a way to run their tests. Mm -hmm. Developers need to be able to see their their code locally. All of those three things are essentially the same problem. Mm -hmm. Because you need to mock what is out there, have a really good understanding of your environment, what is your dependency in this very context? Mm-hmm. And yeah, mock what you don't need, load what you need. Mm-hmm. This is relatively easy doable with yeah. Docker Compose, for example. Yeah. And um, yeah, then you either run your tests or your code. Okay, interesting. I um, mean,
1: it's actually, <clears throat> or it sounds like it's uh, enforcing some kind of really um, explicit, uh, explicit isolation and and. Um, really clear interfaces okay. um, even of code pieces or of elements or let's say business processes um, in code mm-hmm. um, which is something uh, that is not happening that often because people sometimes tend to implement stuff where you say oh i just grab here group there if you have some kind of larger application but that seems to be different would you actually say that's some kind of philosophical mm-hmm. question now um, that uh, developing in such an environment um, leads to Even better code quality, maybe, or better isolation of um, your—I mean, better isolation, Mm. obviously. uh, Yeah. But even to better quality because uh, you strictly follow a pattern of of having things decoupled and really independent.
0: Yeah, it's answer similar to to your transactional question. Mm -hmm. It definitely makes this makes you more aware of uh, things that are actually decoupled Mm -hmm. because you have them decoupled. There are different parts of. Mm with code base running in different places, yeah. and you need to think how they are orchestrated, how they are related. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to discover dead code mm-hmm. or things that are rarely running, and, yeah, yeah. and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so understood
1: that the developer actually is able to, to mock, let's say, a lot on his local environment. Mm-hmm. Um, now when it comes to this kind of integration setup um, to say, okay, and now I want to see whether some kind of events are going through the system in a way like I expected that, this would then actually not happen or not be able on a local machine, um, but then you would actually start to deploy to QA yeah. or integration environment. This is the hard part. Yeah, okay. I mean.
0: <laughs> so we have two strategies there. Mm-hmm. So one is the obvious one where you mm-hmm. have a test environment and mm-hmm. you're able to see code in action. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also where infrastructure as a code really helps. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're able to spin up a new environment, you deploy mm-hmm. your code, we run test data. Mm-hmm. Um, we're heavily investing into end to end tests. Mm-hmm. So we're also able to just point a test runner mm-hmm. on this test environment and it it runs mm-hmm. half of the regression at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so complex flows like a booking workflow, mm-hmm. sign up, and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the other part is, of course, how do you trace an event or uh, the orchestration of multiple yeah. Lambda functions? Um, yeah. There, we're using uh, step functions. Mm-hmm. So it's a workflow engine from AWS. Mm-hmm. This also helps simplifying things a lot. Mm-hmm. The complex part, of course, if you if you need to see this locally in action, mm-hmm. the good thing is this m- follows also how you should. So the, the best practice in, in doing this mm-hmm. also follow normal best practice in development. Okay. So as a developer, you should not much of a need to actually go to an environment where you Mm -hmm. deploy your code and see it in action Mm -hmm. so you 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 can't do a full regression test anyway of course so you need to rely on on tests you need to be able to um, write good mocks Mm -hmm. assertions into your uh, feature that Mm -hmm. you are now coding you need to have a good idea what is the actual change set that Mm -hmm. you want to work on Mm -hmm. how do you change the specs you describe it in the the interfaces Mm -hmm. that you're changing and also of course in, in tests okay and, and you
1: probably and also do some kind of smaller changes then and do maybe more many of them or i mean uh, you spoke of the refactoring part uh, mm. at the very beginning um and uh, the the question would also be um do you have something like big refactorings really going on in terms of oh yes uh, or you stretch them more over time yeah and, and deploy them in some kind of smaller steps um, or is it also the case where you say "Oh well, no, we change a lot and now we deploy let's say some kind of bigger change set um to 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 the whole applica- of the whole
0: application let's say yeah but but the answer to this is independent of serverless or not so what you need to be able to achieve this is good tests so we have thousands of unit tests yeah yeah ten thousand unit tests thousand integration tests hundred system tests mm-hmm. and it even goes as far as end-to-end tests that essentially mm-hmm. emulate what would a QA person do to your environment to see yeah, yeah. that this text class is still applied in this context mm-hmm. and okay. that rebooking something, yeah, something yeah. works. Um, and in this sense we are brave <laughs> and mm-hmm. do refactor. <laughs> so of course you have to find the right balance so of course, of course. It, it there are parts in the system that are very hard to properly test and mock. Mm-hmm. And this is where things get interesting. So an yeah. example for this, whenever you have a, a critical outside dependency. Mm-hmm. So big topic currently is, uh, for example, SCA. So there's some mm-hmm. strong customer authentication where yeah, everybody yeah. has to change the integration with the payment mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can mock it so far, but at some point you have to see it in action. And That's true. at some point mm-hmm. you actually have to buy something with a live credit card before yeah. you roll this out. Yeah, so, yeah. and you have, uh, similar critical uh, change sets. Mm-hmm. In our case, for example, against the supply side. So mm-hmm. I don't know we work with airlines, we work with hotel providers, yeah. Deutsche Bahn. If you change something critical there, of course, at some point you need to see it actually in action on a okay. test environment. Yeah, yeah.
1: But and of course, this is but this is also I would say um, similar for every setup that you say. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, yeah. So so um, understood that you say okay, refactoring. I mean, it needs to happen, but it doesn't really matter whether you. Our um, serverless, or whether you just have whatever else application. Yeah, there,
0: serverless just forces you to follow best practices. Mm-hmm. So, your the problem is if you use Lambda, you quickly end up with fifty Lambda functions, mm-hmm. which you cannot m- manually manage. Yeah. End yeah. Up with maybe thirty SQS and thirty SNS topics and and whatnot, you can't manage this. Mm-hmm. You have to invest in Terraform and in, in mm-hmm. infra in infrastructure as code. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it just enforces this problem
1: thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, pretty interesting perspective. Um, my understanding is still that this is some kind of complexity. Um, do you need some kind of special developers for that? Would you say you need people that are able to to think beyond that normal, conservative approach, um, or is it something where, say, not really it's more like having experience that's nice Uh, if you're junior of course you're learning that that uh, for sure Um, but is there a special way of thinking that is necessary um, from your perspective or is more not just following really the best practices uh, in terms of development that somebody should follow anyways
0: well if anything this makes your life even easier Mm -hmm. so it it lowers the the threshold of what you have to know as Mm a developer so Nowadays, uh, deploying a load balancer or a queue, mm-hmm. are, nobody's scared yes. of this. You you call the AWS SDK, you set it up, and bam. There it is, yeah. it, it used to be completely different 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. We have to have to actually know how to manage a rapid MQ mm-hmm. or stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the new generation <laughs> essentially it doesn't know how, uh, how good they have it nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it's true um, as well. Aside from this, mm-hmm. there's not that special knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. This is the, the promise of the the Wonderland of the cloud providers that mm-hmm. you don't have to care what are the implementation details of, of an ELB or yeah, a yeah. Lambda environment or yeah, ECS. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to know the tools actually. I mean, this is still there. You have to
1: know, OK, today something like ELB um, and then how we actually use it. But this is probably something that you
0: need to have anyways today. Yeah. So. Yeah, but not as a developer. So. So as a developer, what I do care about, so mm-hmm. the, the core reason why I bring in expensive developers to Berlin and mm-hmm. we have a nice office instead of going somewhere mm-hmm. cheap, yeah. is I need people who are here and aligned with our business problem, mm-hmm. or the product that we're trying to mm-hmm. build. Um, I need them to think like me as a founder, we start to solve problems. Yeah. And I don't need them to care necessarily about uh, S3 or or SQL, so all the things that we take for granted now, yeah, yeah. I need to care need to care about uh, application, about mm-hmm. problems, about stories. And to think. Yeah. This is probably the, the most important thing as well.
1: Um, we stay a moment with the developers. I mean, you already mentioned that, uh, that such a setup is relatively hard to debug. Um, what are typical things that you will meet when you actually are in your in your infrastructure or your architecture on a way uh, and we need to find out okay something is going wrong where the hell is it coming from or where where is uh, the glitch actually uh, in, in that whole thing
0: mm. what is an approach to that that works for you yeah, or you as a company well for the most part the approach is similar to how mm-hmm. you would normally trace something mm-hmm. so uh, you need to so first thing is can you reproduce it? Mm-hmm. Of course. If yes, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. If not, <laughs> come back when you can. <laughs> and, and the second is, uh, how severe is it? And then mm-hmm. once you can reproduce, you can also isolate the root mm-hmm. cause. And for the most part, the most of the bugs that I'm aware of that we have or had is <laughs> are things on the application layer. So mm-hmm. somewhere, something is not handling a data input well, yeah, or yeah. somebody misunderstood specs. So and there it's identical mm-hmm. the, you get to run into problems when mm-hmm. it becomes less clear why the actual bugs mm-hmm. are when you have um, random timeouts on lambda functions mm-hmm. or uh, memory leaks yeah, on yeah. your docker containers or I don't know databases not behaving as expected as you think it yeah, should yeah. behave um, and then you also realize that uh, it's n- It's an abstraction. (laughs) Yeah, and for for a lot of, I mean, two ways. So one is, um, if you have a bug in your own code, easy. Yeah. Even if you're on Lambda, you need. The problem is you can't just SSH into some machine and see what happens. You You have to actually log things or um, run a tracer Mm -hmm. in your in your stack Mm -hmm. and and see what happens. So you have to treat this more forensically. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course if. If there's an actual problem with the uh, serverless infrastructure, you, you have to call the support. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, this is actually the, the disadvantage, I would say. You have no chance to fix it your own. Uh, um, yeah. um, you already spoke about running a tracer or writing logs or, or things like that. Um, how do you actually set up some kind of logging or even also monitoring um, on some kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure? Is it something, I mean, external monitoring that should be possible by providing endpoints, etc., cetera, um, for health check, for example? Um, but if we speak of logging, um, probably uh, relying on AWS as well, um, in, in terms of uh, CloudWatch, for example, to mm-hmm. bring all that together. How does it does it look like in the, the Comtaro setup?
0: So logging is the easy part. <laughs> but um, monitoring and escalation is really hard because, mm-hmm in a distributed system you don't want to send an email whenever Mm -hmm. you lose a database connection so everything that's retriable or that you don't really care about you can't just escalate on Mm -hmm. these things and even more so if you have a concert of smaller services running Mm -hmm. that are each doing their own thing yeah um so a strategy that we are using is that the application itself defines um, the error severity so Mm -hmm. um, we're distinguishing between uh, transient errors Mm -hmm. so things that can be retried mm-hmm. that are interesting on a forensic level. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there are errors that are terminal, but mm-hmm. also more or less interesting from developer side. Yeah. Then there are the errors that are, hey, please developer, mm-hmm. um, I know you're having dinner or I know you're sleeping. Please <laughs> get up and have a look. Fix it now. <laughs> Things like um, um, a, a cluster failover mm-hmm. or something really critical, mm-hmm. scary that you Should want someone now. to look at right yeah, now. Yeah. And then there's a fourth class, mm-hmm. which is um, where we where we need a human essentially. So mm-hmm. that are they're not fixable, they're mm-hmm. also not treatable by a, a developer. Yeah. But these are application states where you can only recover from with a, in our case, a travel expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so and these things we escalate directly to mm-hmm. to send nests to the ticketing system that the agent yep. uses. Um an example would be well, the airline tells us that the the, um, the airplane is full. We can't book the seat. Okay. And now what do you do? You need to get in contact with the customer. Yeah, you
1: actually need to call yeah. that airline as well yes. right, to yeah. see if whether they can do something. You but do not want your
0: developer to call the customer. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and, and how do you actually... Um, bring that information to the customer. You mentioned Zendesk, um, mm-hmm. but uh, normally there's some kind of state in, in a workflow engine or a state machine, saying now um, we actually figured out we got a response that was not expected. Um, in terms of oh the, the, the flight is full, um, is it then directly built in into the function itself to say now we escalate, or do you throw an error event to say um, now something went wrong? Um,
0: please inform Zendesk uh, or travel agents. Yes, so uh, the actual logic, whether something is transient or mm-hmm. fatal and who should take mm-hmm. care of this, is, um, of course, part of the application. So mm-hmm. it's similar to a log level. You just yeah. And then also, whether you log it directly or you emit an event to be consumed mm-hmm. by a uh, log stage or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't really matter so, okay. so much. Um, what is critical is um, that you treat the critical parts of your... Uh, of your transaction, of your Mm -hmm. process, with the appropriate paranoia. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there are states um, where something could go, in theory, Mm -hmm. wrong, or part of of your workflow where if this happens, you're actually not sure whether you send out the email to the customer Mm -hmm. or whether you actually have the ticket. You issue the call, and the next tick, your program crashed. Mm -hmm. And there, um, you also need to recover this from, from the outside, so mm-hmm. like a timeout on a, on, a step, um, mm-hmm. on a step function on a workflow yeah, yeah. Um, or cleanup processes. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. Um, now, that is actually,
1: I would say, already complex for a developer, but it's his daily business. How do you actually make that transparent to business people? I mean, I could imagine it, uh, I mean, business people normally don't want to talk about tech, um, but uh, they, from my perspective, must have some kind of understanding um, of, of what tech is doing and, and, and how it's working, not in a detail, but in a rough way. Is it something that you can actually transport to them? Say, guys, this is, by the way, our mm-hmm. architecture. Um,
0: how does it work? Well, it depends on the type of business people. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't want to talk about lambda functions, mm-hmm. architecture, and, and of um, course. The underlying tech. Yeah. So, if anything, on the architectural level, I find myself talking to product mm-hmm. managers because there it's often important why a certain story is now more important mm-hmm. than a feature. Yep. The fact yep. more important. There can be all kinds of reasons mm-hmm. um, and you need to be able to explain it. This was one of the primary duties of a CTO mm-hmm. or any kind of engineering manager um, that you can't delegate. You need to be a spokesperson. You need mm-hmm. to be able to bridge exactly this... Uh, yeah, these two domains of mm-hmm. knowledge. This, why why does an engineering organization want to do this? Yeah, yeah. And it's not always the critical thing that must get done right mm-hmm. now. It's sometimes also to keep a senior developer entertained with a new framework. <laughs> <laughs> and then need to wrap this in a certain mm-hmm. way. Okay. Um, to the actual actual business people, so of course, I'm also I don't know, on board or we're talking yeah, to the it. CEO. So on this level, discussions are more on level of... Um, funding a strategy so so actually don't care about details um in terms
1: of no, don't bother me <laughs> yeah so so they care about yeah okay that's that's so obvious, AWS yeah. explained so yeah,
0: yeah. In, in a sense of yeah it's it might be cheaper to go to hetzner and buy a server i know you heard yeah. it on your meetup on your yeah, ceo yeah. retreat yeah yeah but this bill also includes uh two devops guys that's or the experiment. point. And this is always, like this. always, I would say, underestimated.
1: Yeah. Uh, that you actually need people to manage your heads now, or wherever you go yeah. to a data center solution. Um, another thing that I would like to ask you is about um, people often think about a vendor login. If they use, let's say, AWS Lambda, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then then I'm. Heart bound to, to AWS. Um, I heard from from Google and from Azure uh, as well people saying, yeah, it's not a problem because it's so small you can just copy paste it from AWS to, to cloud or to Azure wherever you want to go. Um, what's your opinion on that?
0: Well, it's definitely a concern that you should have from a strategic perspective mm-hmm. because. Uh, every piece of code needs to run somewhere. Yeah. And so there's no magic in, in IT. That's so true. every line of code that you write is executed on somebody's mm-hmm. hardware. Yeah. And um, in the same sense that the cloud is just a fancy term for someone else's computer, it's even more so on, on serverless mm-hmm. technologies. Something is running there, and someone else manages mm-hmm. these things. And um, usually, in terms of big players, it's some closed source product yeah and if there's whatever they sell you buy okay (laughs) um on a more practical note so day to day this is not a major concern Mm -hmm. that is affecting me now because um in the end if you look at how you draw um like an architecture diagram Mm -hmm. if you draw an abstraction of Mm -hmm. what you actually built um you usually don't draw vendor specific could yeah, true. Draw a load balancer, or a mm-hmm. queue, or a message bus, or yeah, code that runs yeah, somewhere. Need, yeah, yeah. So, and for the most part, this um, simplification mm-hmm. is true. You really mm-hmm. don't care what type of queue or mm-hmm. whatever you're running, and this on this level they are, for the most part, uh, exchangeable. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be very aware where they are not. Mm-hmm. In our case, for example. Uh, we're making heavy use also of the Google Geolocation API. Mm-hmm. And yes, in theory, you could switch, but um, it's data quality is very hard yeah, to yeah. get well, uh, similarly yeah, else. Yeah.
1: If you compare Lambda functions with Kubernetes or Docker containers, let's say that more, as like, it's not Kubernetes, but if you compare it with a Docker container um, that I can just spin up everywhere, I, w- I could say, OK, um, if you're bound to AWS, there is no real chance to really transport the code that you have easily somewhere else. What you could yeah. do when you just spin up Docker container somewhere else, um, is it a problem? Or is it something you actually say, I mean, also not pay any people um, to maintain my whatever setup I have somewhere else?
0: Well, in terms of Lambda functions, it's mm-hmm. also just some, in our case, it's some Node.js and some Python code that runs. It's, it's a function mm-hmm. that has well-defined interface, well-defined uh, mm-hmm. output. Yeah. And this you could also port. Um, okay. Of course, depends a bit on, on your use case. So mm-hmm. um, there are some use cases where event-triggered code that wakes up, runs, yeah. gets thrown away, is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, I don't know, running an order or sending mm-hmm. an, an email to a customer or running a report or whatever. Yeah. Um, in these cases, it's, it works well, but you could also port it somewhere else yep. relatively easily. Okay. So it's not yeah. an argument to say, take Docker.
1: Um,
0: it's completely fine as well
1: in yeah, well terms they, of transportation. Docker has other u- yeah, great of use case. So a yeah, lot yeah. of
0: our code also runs in yeah. Docker on ECS. And point. where we actually want to be able to SSH into these things yeah, because yeah. they're quite complex. Um, yeah, yeah. Example for this is our search and supplier mm-hmm. yeah recommendation abstraction. There's, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot of business logic, a lot of things mm-hmm. can go wrong. Um, and there's actually Where nothing you would pack in a lambda. You could, you could pack it if you're brave, and yeah, um, yeah. it's it's not a either or. So mm-hmm. y- you could experiment. So for example, um, you can also easily couple uh, lambda with API Gateway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. With step functions, you can mm-hmm. go relatively far, but it's in the end finding a pattern that mm-hmm. works sufficiently well for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks. Um, so we are already coming to the end of that podcast, and I have two questions left that I would, would like to ask you. So, the first thing is, what would you do different if you would have the chance with the knowledge you have now to start from scratch? And the second, uh, maybe mm-hmm. um, addressing that as well, um, is uh, what are some kind of really valuable learnings? So, we say this was a uh, super important for me to to learn, not, not to learn that in terms of knowledge, but in mm-hmm. terms of experience um, within the last four years of an uh, income travel. So regarding
0: first question, mm-hmm. um, what would I do differently? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if I had to start from, start from scratch, and mm-hmm. Lord help me if I ever start another startup. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably default to serverless and then Mm -hmm. break these abstractions or build something on my own Mm -hmm. when I actually have a strong use case. Because Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, unless you're building something crazy like ad tech Mm -hmm. or YouTube or something similar, um, these abstractions work quite well. Mm -hmm. They're cost efficient. The benefits are way higher. So I would probably also experiment um, So far, we're not using an an app engine, for example, Compound, Mm -hmm. so there's um, Beanstalk or Mm -hmm. other solutions. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're kind of playing around internally also with things like um, Fargate as Mm -hmm. a different uh, engine for ECS. Yeah. And this simplifies your setup, in the end. Of course, you have to find the right Mm -hmm. trade-off. I would probably go even more in this direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other question, what did I learn? Well, most of the learnings are Non-technical, mm-hmm. so of uh, life, life <laughs> often <laughs> or most of the the life-changing learnings. So yeah, one one big realization that I had in mm-hmm. the last four years is shaping how I look at my job is mm-hmm. um, how much more complicated it is to build and scale up an organization mm-hmm. of people in contrast to building up code and architecture and infrastructure. Yeah, so. This is an order of magnitude harder to mm-hmm. scale up your engineering team while still keeping proper productivity, um, keeping this, or scaling up distributed consensus across mm-hmm. multiple brains that you yeah, buy yeah. for a lot of money, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, keeping everybody happy. So mm-hmm. for example, uh, infrastructure, we could scale up 100 times, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't sweat that much. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. these things, 100 times the load, that's that of a problem, of but just 10 times the number of developers and mm-hmm. things start to get interesting where mm-hmm. you have to really um, think
1: yeah yeah in, in hard, I mean what I experienced it's changing or it's a strong change from the tech part to the communication part yeah uh, so I mean I, I mean I'm probably not I'm, I'm the the best person uh, uh, or the, the perfect person, but um, I would say the majority of my job is to- talking uh, and, and bringing people together and may align them in the interests um, or help them to find a des- decision. Uh, but I could imagine it's the same way, uh, same thing on your yes. side. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, so at the moment, my day-to-day is either super high level where yeah, yeah. I sit in board meeting and mm-hmm. explain strategy <laughs> or super low level where mm-hmm. I fix some some sins, some technical debt yeah, yeah, from yeah, four yeah. years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, but I think this is just just the uh, um, the role actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to have that stretch, um, and um, we end here. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thanks a lot. Um, and um, uh, we hope as well for everybody listening um, that this was interesting um, for you as well. Thank yeah. you, Marco. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.